0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Matt. I wanted to check in and uh, just to explain that today's message is really born out of my conviction that the Word of God is living and active, that all of us as believers are able to be equipped by it, encouraged by it, strengthened by it together. We had a wonderful service um, just sharing what God has taught us whether it be in the past week or the past year and this message was as I reflected personally on what God has taught me and shown me of himself this is really the the message that uh, I wanted to share about how wonderful the Lord is and how good it is to know him. So I'm going to just leave you with that. Uh, Put a plug in for future sharing times for the church that uh, it is good to share together from the word of God and be encouraged. And I am encouraged when others share, man, if it's just me as a pastor sharing God's word with you all, you know, I'm so happy to do it. I love it, but I love it so much more when I see that, that carrying on and, and that, you know what, it's not my work, but it's the word of God at work in people's lives. And and that really is, is what is so powerful and so encouraging to see Thank you all for for sharing from your hearts and from the word of God this morning. I've been blessed by the encouragements that you have brought to us. And today's message is going to be a break from Exodus because I wanted to join with you in in sharing a passage that that God has used in my life. To show me Himself this past year, this is a passage that's been with me for for over a year now since I began to to kind of memorize the psalm, and it's in many ways sharpened uh, my focus as as a follower of Christ, ultimately to to look to Him, trust Him, and and it sharpened my focus even as a pastor. And, and so if, if there was only one thing that I could leave you with, I believe that Psalm 16, and there's many other scriptures that speak of the very things that we're going to be talking about in Psalm 16. But the message of this song is what I would leave you with, that there is nothing better in all the world than the Lord God, that he's the best portion, that he's the greatest treasure. His glory is so resplendent, it's dazzling, his goodness is uncomparable. Think think for a moment, think about a banquet. Think about the best banquet you could imagine with, with amazing entertainment, your choice of music and speaker, and, and uh, the most choice foods, or maybe you just have to think about grandma's Christmas dinner and the feast that that is. When we have a feast like that, a banquet or a Christmas dinner before us, sometimes it, I think it can be hard to, to choose the best part. We might have our favorites, But there's so much good things out there, right, on the table. So much to enjoy. But if all the world was likened to the best of banquets, then Christ is the best portion. And when I say that Christ is the best portion, I don't merely mean that he's like the best part of the banquet. He's so much more than that. He's set apart from all that this world has to offer. He's set apart as the Lord of this world. He's set apart as the great giver of every good thing. And so there really is nothing in all the world that can compare to his goodness. He's the best part because he is everything we need and more. With him, we need nothing else. He is enough. That's the message of Psalm 16. I want to leave us with this morning. Let's read Psalm 16 now. Psalm 16, verse 1. Is a miktam of David? Preserve me, O God, he says, for in you... Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to shield or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I began memorizing this psalm in November of 2020. And since then I've, I've often come back to it. I was reminded of it as as I asked you all to share with with me this morning what the Lord has encouraged you with how he's taught You you and brought you closer to himself this year. As I come back to this psalm, you know, there were so many weeks I've been I've been struck by how far I fall short of truly valuing Christ, truly seeing the truths that are in this psalm, that, that he's the chosen portion, that. Do I really believe that I have a beautiful inheritance and that with him my flesh dwells secure So many times I've been I've been humbled and really convicted and brought to repentance by this song and yet each time I'm picked up and I'm washed and I'm cleansed by the good news of this song. You see, as many times as I've been humbled by these words, I've also been given the good news that those who choose the Lord have chosen the best portion. I've been reminded through these words that he's worth it. That, that he's worth giving all because when we have Christ, we lack nothing. And so I want to work through this psalm briefly with you just to taste the banquet. There's so many things we could talk about but to, to see how wonderful God is, really is. And one of the first things that we see from the very first line is, is that David says, Preserve me, O God. It's obvious that David needs God, and he knows it because he cries out to him for deliverance. He says, preserve me, keep me safe in this trouble that I'm going through. And as he prays, David also declares his faith in God. He says, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. So we need to establish and know first of all that we need him and come to him and cry out to him for the help that we need. or without recognizing our neediness, we don't come to see the goodness of God. Without recognizing our neediness, a little bit of the world seems to satisfy. A little bit of Doing some good deeds will prop us up. The truth is, it's not enough. I think of Paul's words in Ephesians 2, where he says, once we're dead, the spiritually dead person needs a whole lot. Don't they need a complete awakening? Resurrection, And so it is that we continue to need God completely in every way. And David begins there. He begins with his need. But secondly, he acknowledges, he says, I have no good apart from you. He acknowledges that the good in his life comes from God. Psalm 16 verse 2 opens our eyes to see that God's the only one who can offer us lasting good. Do, do you believe that? When I first read that, I, I had to confess to God that I didn't see it that way. That, that so many times I have not lived that as though that were true that I've sought good elsewhere, that I've considered the presence of the pleasures of this world or the power of this world or the praise that people can give me, I've considered those things more important than the the good that is found with God. The Word of God tells us that all the good we enjoy is a gift from God. And that everything he does is good. I love the words of James who encourages us with these words. In James chapter 1 and verse 17 he says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. It comes down from God, the Father of lights, who does not change. When David says there's no good apart from God, he's saying that God is enough. That the truth is I don't need anything else to be happy. Because without God, I I don't have any good in me. So we need to, to know that we need God. We need to know that there is no good without him. And thirdly, we need to know that the world's banquet isn't enough. David talks about the joys of the saints and the sorrows of the wicked in verses 3 and 4. And, and you know what? Sometimes the, the verse says the sorrows of there of those who run after another god shall multiply. Sometimes it feels like the wicked have it pretty good. It can seem unfair. Why is that, Lord? I believe that's that's the, the tone of the attitude of the psalmist in Psalm 73. He said, Why? I consider the wicked and they're prospering. But in the end, David is right on with what he's saying. Their sorrows will multiply. One day their sorrows will outweigh every joy that they've had in this life. Every good that they've experienced and and been glad in, in this world, will be outweighed by their sorrows because they will be without God for eternity. And that's a terrible thing. It is a terrible thing to remember and to know that the world's banquet really does not satisfy. It's a banquet in the grave that leads to death. David knew that good is only found in God. That's why he could say the sorrows of those who run after another God will multiply. It won't satisfy. No matter how much you try to fill the gaping hole in our heart with things, it won't. It won't fill that hole. It's why David could say so strongly that he would not worship other gods. That he wouldn't pour out offerings to them or take their name and, and praise them or worship them or serve these other gods. He could say that because his heart was captured by a love for God. Because he saw that the world's banquet would not satisfy but the Lord is able to satisfy us completely. He saw the goodness of Jesus and he knew that no matter how good the world looks, the sweet would soon turn bitter. The world's banquet doesn't satisfy. But all of this leads us, our need, the the reminder that There is no good without God and that the banquet of this world is not enough. All this leads to the reminder that God is the best portion. We see this in verse five. David says, the Lord is my chosen portion. And my cup. Portion. Portion is just a part, a part of the whole or a ration. Sometimes we'd be talking about food. We've used the illustration of a banquet. But uh, often in the, in the Old Testament, the idea of a portion is connected to our an inheritance. The land was divided to the people of Israel as an inheritance, but God said that he would be there their inheritance, He would be their their portion, more important than anything in this life. Is the question: Is the Lord our inheritance? Is He that which satisfies us, that that we put our hope in, that we long for? When David says, "The Lord is my," chosen portion. He's saying, this is my everything here. This is all of my hopes and my dreams and desires. They're tied up in the Lord. David was satisfied with God. He saw that he didn't need anything else as an inheritance. He didn't want the world's fleeting joys. He saw the Lord as the best portion. There's so much more in this psalm we could talk about. We could talk about how he is the best portion. That he, you know, he saw that the Lord held his future, that God was going to guide him and keep him secure. That with the Lord were eternal pleasures, fullness of joy, The rest of Psalm 16, all of the Psalm 16 is a powerful declaration of true hope and joy. It's been, you know, especially early on in the year, it was really a constant reminder for me that I need God. that that I should not be afraid to acknowledge my neediness because it's in God alone that good is found. It's been a reminder for me to see that the world's joys are fleeting. But the presence of God is, is something eternal, something we can bank on, put our hope in. This reminder that God is the best, most valuable treasure, that He's better than any part of the banquet, is something that I long for each and every one of us to know. To truly know that there is no better thing than the Lord Himself in a relationship with Him. I was thinking about a quote that was made by Jonathan Edwards 300 years ago. And he expressed this idea that God is the best thing in life, that he's the greatest treasure. He said, the heart of a godly man does freely choose God and Christ as his portion." Take away all torment and hell. Set it aside. And he could and might have his choice. And he would choose God rather than anything else. They're powerful words. Can you say that? That if you took away the threat of hell, that you would freely choose God over anything else. Jonathan Edwards goes on and he says, if the godly man might have his choice and he could live always in this world with the enjoyment of all manner of worldly prosperity, you could live forever in this world and enjoy it all, or else in God's time die and go to heaven and dwell forever there in the enjoyment of God in Christ, he said the godly man would choose the latter. The godly man would choose the presence of God over anything else. What have you chosen? The banquet of this world or the joy of life with God? David understood that being with the Lord was far better. So did the Apostle Paul. We went through the book of Philippians, much earlier in this year, in the spring, the Apostle Paul wrote that it's far better to be with the Lord. And he said that I count everything as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's the true treasure to be found in this world and the next. It's a lasting hope, eternal joy to know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, with Christ, we have as our Lord and as our friend the one who holds the world in his hands and indeed holds us, as we were reminded by the scripture, Isaiah 49, verse 16, this morning were inscribed in the palm of his hand. He knows everything about the world and everything about you and I. And with Christ, we have a Savior who humbled himself to come and die an awful death on a cross, the death that we deserve. He came and he bore the way to the wrath of God On our behalf. Now if that doesn't give us. Reason to glorify God. And to see how amazing. He is. Then I really don't know. What will. The Gospel. Opens our eyes to see. How wonderful the Lord is. That it's his presence. That is. Truly satisfying. I want to close, or before I close, I want to turn to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, verses 41 to 42. It's a familiar story. Jesus has come to be with his friends and he is... Speaking to them, teaching them at Bethany. He's come to stay at the house of Mary and Martha. Martha's working away, and Mary sits at Jesus' feet. In Luke 10, verses 41 to 42, Jesus says to Martha, He says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose to be with Christ. She chose to listen to His Word. She loved Him. And she gave Him her undivided attention, her whole heart. And that, brothers and sisters, won't be taken away from her. Now there's other good things to do, and to serve is something that Jesus called us to. What Martha was doing wasn't necessarily wrong at all. To serve was a, was a good thing, but what Mary chose was to be with Christ, and that's what matters most. She chose to be in His presence to love Him, to listen to His Word. And in doing that, she passed by all the world had to offer to receive Christ, the good portion, the best portion. Like David, Mary loved the Lord more than anything else, and She longed to be in his presence. She was satisfied with him alone. The question that that I leave with us, myself included, is will you, will I choose the good portion? Will, Will I choose Christ?